What a joy it is to be back in the house of the Lord this Sunday morning. Allow me to say welcome to you. We are so delighted to have you in the building with us this morning. Those of you that are joining us by way of live stream, allow me to welcome you into the sanctuary today as well to our church family. We, we love you. We miss having you in the building, but we're so thankful for technology and able to have you with us uh, in this fashion today. So I pray that you sense the presence of the Lord right where you are this morning. Uh, I will tell you this this morning that uh, before we get into the Word and before we go to class, I will encourage you very quickly that it is 75 degrees somewhere, just not here, okay? So I hope that encourages you and don't give you a bitter spirit this morning. But, uh, but I saw some photos of friends where they are at, uh, over the across the, the globe, and some of them was enjoying the water and uh, listening to the, the, the streams running. I'm like, yeah, just, just keep rubbing that stuff in, but we'll be there just a few weeks ourselves. But, uh, but we're so thankful uh, that God is good, and he is faithful this morning. Amen? So those of you that's going to class, feel free to do so at this time. Those in the sanctuary with me today, we're going to go on a journey together. And I'm looking forward to sharing with you uh, over the next uh, few moments. Uh, we're going to go uh, on a little walk through Scripture to get where we need to be this morning. But uh, if you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to invite you to turn with me to Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55 is where we're just going to start laying a foundation. And uh, we're going to give you several passages of Scripture very quickly because uh, I do feel like I have something to share and deposit uh, into your life today. So I do pray that we will have an ear to hear and a heart to receive the word of the Lord this morning. Anybody ready for the word today? Amen. Amen. I am uh, just going to jump right in today. If the Lord would help me, uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to talk to you today about a freshness of the Holy Spirit. We'll get there in just a little bit of time. But uh, I'm going to ask you a couple questions uh, today. Why us and why now? Why us and why now? Isaiah 55, verse number 6 through verse number 11. It says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Give me a second. I've got something beeping up here. You may not hear it, but I do. I can't preach with that. There we go. Forgive me. Batteries are charged. 
Maybe that's the Lord telling me I can go through two sets of batteries today. Buckle up, all right? We'll stay a little while. Uh, I want to say this this morning as we read Isaiah 55, 6, and 11. Let me take you back to verse number 9 just for a moment. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And just as if you read on down through verse number 10, as the rain comes and the snow comes, it says it does not return. But in verse 11, the word of the Lord says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. Meaning this, that God's word will always accomplish that which he desires it to accomplish. And therefore, today, I have to remind you and I have to inform you today that our God is not bound by the calendar of men, nor is he bound by the agendas of men. He is still the ultimate authority of the universe. Romans 13, 1 and 2 has not changed. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. But notice, whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Which means this morning that our God does not have to explain himself to you or I before he decides to move in a particular manner or fashion. However, because of who he is and because of who we are, through faith in his name, we do not have to be found in a place of darkness concerning that which is in his heart for this day are for the days ahead. Paul understood this. Let me give it to you, 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 5. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Isaiah said this along the same lines in Isaiah 42, verse 8 and 9. I am the Lord, this is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare. Who declares? Who's he? The Lord. The Lord says, the new things do I declare before they spring forth. Notice this. I tell you of them. What's he telling us? He's telling us of the new things that he is getting ready to do in the future as well as in the present. Which brings me to our message today. 
Much like at another time in history, we find ourselves this morning in a place of darkness, uncertainty, pain, division, corruption, religious ideology, uh, ideology, perversion, evil, and much more. I could get real close to home to tell you today that we find ourselves, much like then, a church that is backslidden, a church that is a soul committed to its principles and its traditions, that it's forgotten who God really is. But let's not focus on those dark, negative things today because I want to say to you this morning, God has a plan for his people. We will soon be entering into the Passover season. Now, I want you to stay with me. You stay with me. The first part of this will end good, I promise. We just came out of Christmas, and now we celebrated New Year's, and everybody was hoping 2021 would be a magical light switch. And listen, we don't live in a fairy tale land. We live in a real world. There's a lot of real issues, and we're not making light of that. But now we are quickly transitioning into the end of winter, into the beginning of spring. And I do believe that it's a very unique time that God is doing some amazing things. But we will soon be entering into the season of Passover, which will then be followed by the Feast of Harvest, or we often know it as the Day of Pentecost. It is a time in which is very important for the Jewish people as well as the Christian faith. It was during this time of the calendar year that God chose to disrupt the norm and cause an unexpected disruption. Notice, Jesus was crucified during Passover. Holy Spirit come to the earth during Pentecost. The church was established at Pentecost. Men and women experienced the infilling of the Holy Ghost at Pentecost. The world was confronted by unlearned, ignorant men filled with the Holy Ghost and was turned upside down by the display of the supernatural power of God during the season of Pentecost. It was during this time of the year that devils was dispelled, lame men walked, diseased men and women were healed, blind men received their sight, and thousands began to put their faith in Jesus Christ. It was the time of Pentecost. Today I stand before you and I boldly proclaim that God is getting ready to do it again. In the midst of a great falling away, in the midst of great opposition and darkness, I stand here today and for a few moments, I want to focus on the events of one particular Passover season and one particular Feast of Harvest season that forever changed the world. And it was a time that had been prophetically spoken of, much like the time that has been prophetically spoken of that we find ourselves in right now. So I'm going to ask you to please go with me in your Bibles this morning to Acts chapter number 2. Something that most of you probably can quote a large part of it. But I want to take you to this very familiar passage of Scripture and read down through it just for a moment. Jesus has been crucified. He has been placed in a tomb. He is absent 
from the face of the earth for three days. But very early in the morning, he showed himself to Mary in the garden. We find then he showed himself to his disciples in the evening of that day in an upper room in Jerusalem and told them to have peace and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We find that after that, 40 days has went by and he has shown himself in many infallible proofs that it really was Jesus, the risen Lord. We find then He's standing at the seashore. Nearly 500 people are listening to him speak. He loses gravity and he ascends into the portals of heaven. And as he's leaving, they go to ascend to set down at his rightful place on the right hand of the Father. He simply gives a commission. He says he commanded them to go to Jerusalem and to wait for the promise of the Father. That's Acts chapter 1 verse number 4. We find that after sitting there for 10 days, there's 120 people in an upper room in Jerusalem at the time of Pentecost. So Acts chapter 2, verse number 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set up on each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterances. Uh, and there was dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men uh, out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own language wherein we were born? Verse number 12. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judah, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seen as but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It was a prophetic word. What he was saying, if you read verse 17, And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your Excuse me, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, uh, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know, 
Him been delivered by the determined counsel and the foreknowledge of God you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holded of it. Now, that's a lot of reading I know. Please hear me. Through the study of Scripture, as well as history, there's a few things we know about this specific time on the calendar. I want to revisit them very quickly. We know today that Passover always commemorates God's deliverance of Israel out of Egypt. If you was to read in your Bible, Exodus chapter number 12, verse 2 through 30, you would find the story. The story is the story that I've preached often in this house, is where the blood of a lamb is applied to the doorpost and the lintel of the home. It is a place where God said, if you'll put it on your home and if you'll go in and stay there, that when the destroyer comes through tonight, there will be a difference put between you and those of Egypt. You know the story. It was a time of Passover. He says this. He instructed his people to never forget that which was about to experience. He said there is a deliverance from the state of oppression that you currently find yourself in that I don't ever want you to forget. He said, I've heard your cry. It came up before me. It did not just come into the throne room, but it touched my heart in such a manner that he went and he called a man on the backside of the desert in Exodus chapter 3 by the name of Moses. Uh, he was a murderer. He was on the backside of the desert tending to his father-in-law's sheep. And there was a bush that was burning. And he said, I think I'll turn aside and I'll see what this really is about. You know that story as well. He turned aside and the word of the Lord said, take your shoes off, Moses. You're on holy ground. And he gave him a commission. He said, I want you to go. I want you to stand before Pharaoh. The cries of my people have come up before me. I want you to deliver them. I want you to bring them out. He said, how in the world is this going to be? But notice with me, when you start looking at the life of Moses, uh, you will find that the Holy Ghost of God came down and set up on him. Did not infill him, but set down upon him. And then the word of the Lord come to him in chapter 12 and verse 3 and told him, certainly you do not have to be afraid, uh, but I will be with you. Uh, and we know this, uh, that when he began to give him instructions concerning the release of the children of Israel at the time of the Passover, he simply said, yeah, I want you to go and I want you to tell. He simply said, I want you to take my message, my word, and I want you to tell those that's in authority that they have to let my people go. We find that it was in that season of Passover and that was began to be celebrated. And by the time we get to Acts chapter 2, please hear me, for nearly 1,500 years, uh, the, the Jewish people celebrated Passover. For nearly 1,500 years, they had always went back every year. Passover's always in May and June. It's always uh, at that time leading up to Pentecost. Uh, uh, and we notice this. Uh, Passover's always 50 days prior to the Feast of Harvest or the Feast of Weeks. Uh, and, we, and we find that, that it always sets the stage. Uh, and it was always this time of remembering. Uh, God delivered us. Uh, God made a way for us. Uh, God spoiled our enemy. 
me. Uh, God brought us out of bondage. Uh, all of this was done. 1,500 years. Uh, they've always done this. And then we find uh, it was always symbolic uh, of Jesus Christ and what he would do at Calvary. Uh, we know the story of Easter. Uh, you have to understand uh, that the Passover season always led and painted a picture of the actual Lamb of God, uh, which is Jesus Christ. Uh, not going to preach on Passover this morning, but I could. But we find that it always leads us into the place uh, of Pentecost uh, or the Feast of Harvest. Uh, while Pentecost are better known in the biblical times uh, that you read in Old Testament scripture is known as the Feast of Weeks or Feast of Harvest. Uh, it always commemorates the giving of the law at Mount Sinai, as well as it is a time of first fruits uh, for the wheat harvest. Now stay with me, please. It is the second of three festivals uh, that happen annually. Uh, it's always seven weeks after Passover or first fruits. Uh, it is a time of celebration. Uh, Notice this, uh, for the successful barley harvest or the wheat harvest. Uh, it is a time when no work is to be done. It is a time when every male went to the sanctuary, according to Leviticus 23 and 31, and sin and peace offerings were made at that time. Moses was instructed, please hear me, by God to speak to Israel uh, concerning this time, the time of Pentecost. Uh, it was to be brought to their attention that God saw this particular feast much differently than he does any other feast. Uh, he saw it as a time of a holy convocation. He actually referred to it as this. He said, tell them that this is my feast. Uh, he said it's not like any other time when you get together for celebrating all of the things that you do, but he said, listen, uh, when you come together for the feast of harvest uh, or the feast of weeks or what we always call Pentecost, uh, he said that is not about you at all, but it's always about me. Uh, he's simply saying it is my feast, uh, it's my time. Now, but at this is a time to be set apart for men uh, to enter into the sanctuary and to focus on nothing other than God himself. Uh, it was at this time when the priest would do something differently than they would at other uh, feasts and other engagements. Uh, it was at the time of the Feast of Harvest uh, or the Feast of Pentecost uh, that they would walk in uh, and they would wave their offering before the Lord. Uh, but it was not just any offering. It was simply uh, they would have two loaves of bread uh, that was made from the fresh picked wheat or barley uh, and they would take those two loaves of bread and wave them before the Lord. Symbolic of the body of Jesus. If you go to New Testament scripture, you will find that he says even when we take the communion, what do we say? Uh, when you take that little wafer, it says do this in remembrance of me, uh, but he says this is my body. Uh, so the priest was going in and they was waving the body of Jesus uh, before the throne room of God. Uh, I could preach that this morning, but I'm not just trying to get somewhere today. It was at this time, uh, as the priest would do the offering, you would may ask, uh, why is that really important? Notice it was at the time of Passover as well as Pentecost, uh, as I mentioned earlier, that Jesus really disrupted the world in such a way uh, that people 
Ola did not really understand. Uh, you say, how did he really disrupt the world? Uh, you find in Acts chapter 2, it really began to set the stage uh, for the church as we know it. Uh, but you will find it was during Passover and Pentecost uh, that Jesus began to set the stage for it all to begin. How did he do that? Notice, uh, it was at the season of Passover that he began to break the curse of sin. Uh, he defeated death. Uh, he bruised the head of the serpent. Uh, he walked into hell, took the keys from the devil. Uh, he rose in victory from the grave. Uh, he walked with men for 40 days. Uh, and he was speaking and pertaining to things of the kingdom of God. Uh, and he showed himself alive to them uh, with many infallible proofs. Uh, and it all paved the way uh, for the Father to release the Holy Spirit to come. Now, when he arrived, uh, notice with me, the Holy Spirit, uh, he did not arrive defeated. Uh, he did not arrive insecure. Uh, he did not arrive intimidated by anyone or anything. Uh, but no, uh, he arrived in power and authority uh, from heaven, uh, only speaking uh, the words that he heard uh, from the Father. Uh, he had been commissioned uh, by the Father uh, to come and to sit down upon those uh, that had been faithful uh, to the commandments of his son. Uh, if I take it back to Acts chapter 1, verse number 4, it says this, uh, he's and been assembled together with them. Jesus commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, uh, but they should wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days from now. And he says in verse number eight, and you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Verse number 12 of chapter one, it says they then returned unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olive and when they went into from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey and they were come in and they went into an upper room and they was there in one one mind and one accord, and then all of a sudden, uh, things began to happen. Notice with me, when the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 2, he came suddenly. He come to those, however, that had walked in obedience uh, to the promise and the commandments of God. We find that there was those that was there, 120. They tarried uh, or they waited uh, on the promise. When uh, I remind you, those that wait upon the Lord uh, shall renew their strength. Amen. Notice, we find uh, that notice uh, when he came suddenly uh, in the midst of evil, uh, in the midst of uncertainty, uh, in the midst of confusion, in the midst of division, uh, in the midst of blindness, in the, in the midst of religious poison, uh, in the midst of everything that was going on, uh, there was a sound uh, unexpectedly uh, of a rushing mighty wind uh, that left the portals of heaven. 
your Bible says that it entered into the upper room where they were sitting and it filled the house and there appeared unto them cloven tongues as a fire as it sat down upon them and then they were filled. No longer was there a temporary visit of the Holy Ghost but there was a infilling of the Holy Ghost so that they could then be witnesses to the known world of that time. Now, you say, what does all of this mean? I ask you today to just walk in faith just for a few moments while you're in this room. I can tell you today without hesitation that what Joel prophesied in Joel chapter 2 and what Peter preached in Acts chapter 2 is a place that we find ourselves living today. Everybody always looks at the outpouring of the Holy Ghost upon sons and daughters in a futuristic way. But I have to remind you this morning that we have been in the last days for 2,000 years because at the day of Pentecost when the church was established and we began to walk in the manner that we are today for 2,000 years we have been in the last days because of the simple fact Peter said by the unction of the Holy Ghost this is that which the prophet Joel spoke of meaning this what did Joel say in the last days saith the Lord I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh but you have to understand uh, that there is a thing in this circle of time and this dispensation of time uh, there is the former and there is the middle and there is the latter uh, we are no longer at the beginning stage of the last days uh, we are no longer in the middle of the last days uh, but we are in the latter moments of the last days meaning this uh, that we are nearer home than yet we believe the word of the Lord simply says, uh, look up, your salvation draws near. How do I know that that's where we are? The word of the Lord tells us in the last days, perilous times shall come. There'll be wars and rumors of wars. Uh, there'll be all of, there'll be pestilence. There'll be all of these things going on. We've been seeing that. If you read Matthew 24, it says that when you hear some of this stuff, it's the beginning of sorrow. Do you realize how many years we've been in war? Uh, do you realize how much stuff has been going on? Not just for a short space of time, for a long space of time. Uh, but can I tell you this morning, uh, I've got a fresh word from the Lord for you uh, that this is not all doom and gloom uh, but we are right now uh, on the prefaces uh, of experiencing uh, an unexpected suddenly uh, of the Holy Ghost. Uh, the church of Jesus Christ uh, is about to be infused uh, with the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I got to take you back to Isaiah. The Lord says uh, that I will always reveal what I'm getting ready to do uh, and he says listen don't get so caught up on the former things uh, because I've got new things uh, for the present. Uh, can I tell you uh, that there is a time in scripture that tells us uh, that there will be the former and the latter come together uh, and it says that the latter house will be greater than the former. Uh, I got to remind you this morning, you are part of the latter house uh, and therefore uh, I'm not going to wish that I had what great grandma had, uh, but I'm going to partake of what God has for me right now. Uh, because there's greater. Uh, listen, uh, there is good uh, and there's gooder and then there's gooder, gooder. Uh, I 
think we're getting into the place uh, where things is about to get better than they've ever been for the church. Uh, why? Uh, it's because he is a man that he cannot lie uh, and his word is forever established. Uh, it is not based on what men do, uh, but can I tell you this morning uh, that the word of the Lord uh, is still forever established. Uh, and I want to tell you this morning uh, that evil is not going to keep him uh, from fulfilling his plan. Uh, evil is not going to keep him uh, from doing uh, what is in his heart to do. Uh, that you may ask the question, uh, why us uh, and why now? Uh, it's because it's not about you uh, and it's not about me. Uh, but it is about uh, an outpouring of the Spirit of God uh, that where God will be lifted up, uh, where men will be drawn to him uh, because there is a harvest uh, that is ripe not four months from now, uh, but is ripe right now. Uh, and he says, don't pray for the harvest. Uh, just pray for the labors to go into the harvest. Uh, can I tell you uh, that there is a harvest uh, that's getting ready to come home. Uh, and I don't have to be discouraged by what I hear, uh, by what I see. Uh, but I know this, uh, that my God uh, is still more than able. Uh, I'm here to tell you uh, that the world uh, is about to have an encounter with God. Uh, there is a suddenly that's coming. Uh, there is an unexpected sound uh, that's getting ready to take the church. Uh, I gotta tell somebody, uh, you need to hear the word of the Lord this morning. Uh, this is not the hour of man, says the Lord, uh, but man has had their time uh, and they have scattered my flock. Uh, they have not scattered, uh, but not have they only scattered, uh, but they have brought much harm uh, and injury uh, to those that I love. Uh, no more, says the Lord, uh, am I going to allow man to destroy those uh, that I have ordained for this season of harvest. Uh, I am removing those that thought they could defile my house uh, and hinder my children. Uh, I am bringing forth a fresh visitation of my spirit, says the Lord, uh, and those that have been faithful uh, to seek me, uh, I am sending my spirit uh, to not only commune with them, uh, but I have instructed he, the Holy Ghost, uh, to fill your house with my presence uh, and to sit down upon you uh, and to refill you again. Uh, but this time, uh, it is not with former, uh, but it is with latter rain. Uh, it is in this season, says the Lord, uh, that I am going to make the weak strong, uh, that the spirit of intimidation uh, has been broken off my people, says the Lord. Uh, my church uh, is getting ready uh, to become a in beauty. Uh, the ashes of yesterday's failures uh, is going to be rejected and replaced uh, by signs and wonders uh, that are getting ready to spring forth uh, to the infusion of power uh, that I am bringing even now, says God. Uh, it is by faith uh, that my people uh, are going to remove their harps from the willows uh, and a song of jubilation uh, is about to begin to be played and sung uh, in my house, says the Lord. Uh, no longer uh, will I I permit entertainment uh, oh, uh, to be the focus of my house, uh, but my house uh, is going to be known uh, by the cry uh, that comes up out of it uh, and the deliverance uh, that can be found in it. Uh, as I called Moses, says the Lord, uh, from a place of obscurity, uh, I am now visiting uh, and I'm 
calling forth those uh, that you have never known, uh, that you have never seen uh, as mighty uh, and powerful. uh, And they are going to lead my church uh, into the promises uh, that I have for this day. Uh, There are those under the sound of my voice today uh, that God said, uh, no longer uh, will I allow you to sit idle, uh, but you are at a crossroads. Uh, You will have to decide. Uh, If you go with me, says the Lord, uh, you will experience my power uh, and my authority. Uh, But if you choose to sit idle, says the Lord, uh, damnation uh, and destruction uh, will come to your house. Uh, But as the loud rose up out of the sea, uh, I now am releasing my spirit uh, and there is a cloud that is going to go and to rise up out of my house. uh, And that is going to bring and to move uh, across uh, the heavens uh, and rain is going to begin to fall uh, on barren soil. Uh, I heard the Lord say in recent days uh, that there is a spiritual invasion uh, of Muslim nations. Uh, There's about to be a deliverance, says the Lord. Uh, Where darkness has prevailed, uh, there is about to be an illuminating light uh, of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. I see the unraveling. I see the unraveling of political systems. They're beginning to crumble even now. Evil men are being exposed and will continue to be exposed and removed. But we are just days away. We are just days away from hearing the drums of war begin to be beat harder and louder than we've known for the last several years. We've had four years of no new wars, but that is coming to a close very, very quickly. The Lord would say, do not fear for I will be with you. Those that have turned and are currently turning wheels of division in this nation has been dealt with, says the Lord, even though you may not see it naturally, but they are been dealt with. He says, I have not changed my mind concerning them. Just because they have titles before their names does not make them exempt from what I'm about to do in the earth, says the Lord. I have completed the rearranging and the realigning in the heavenlies. And because of the angelic realigning of the heavenlies, he says, now there is new passageway given to my church. Much like Nehemiah obtained two letters of authority, God says, I'm giving you new authority by and through my Holy Ghost so that you can activate and walk in a place where normally you would never be able to walk. And as the fire comes, it's going to begin to burn the impure and remove the snitch of sin from my house, says the Lord. And he said, once again, I will take pleasure in my house and I will make my abode there. Why us? Why now? Here's what I heard the Lord say, and I'm closing just a moment. Why us? Why now? Word of the Lord says, I'm equipping for harvest. No man is going to get my glory. For what I'm about to do in the earth is going to be like none other that man has ever saw before. The day of equipping 
The day of release is not far off, but it is very present. He's simply saying to you and I this morning, He's pleading with you and I this morning, Come, sit with me. Come, sit with me. Here's the call to the church today. Whether you're in this house or joining us by way of live stream today, I'm talking to the church now, the church of Jesus Christ. Please hear me. There has to be a return to holiness. There has to be a return to separation. You have to begin to walk in purity. And you have to begin to desire the anointing. The Great Commission has got to become our focus. Prayer has to be our foundation. And entertainment must be removed from our lives. We're coming to a place where God is getting ready. Please hear me. All of the vile things have been removed. And this place platform of the sanctuary is getting ready to be filled again with the Holy Ghost power of God where the convicting power of the Holy Spirit once again is going to begin to flow through the seats of the sanctuaries where men and women are going to experience the transforming power of the ultimate authority of the universe our Heavenly Father I want to give you a quote by David Platt this morning. He says, it's a foundational truth. God creates, blesses, and saves each of us for a radically global purpose. God creates, blesses, saves each of us for a radically global purpose purpose this morning as they make their way to the keyboard this morning there has to be a cry of repentance in the stillness of this sanctuary right now While the world is doing what it does, basking in sin and vulgarity, as the world is searching for answers and coming up short of the peace, the love that they're desiring to find, if we're not careful, we're a church that's setting in a place of self righteousness. And tradition that has far left the foundational principles of God's Word. We become so consumed with looking inward that we've failed to look outward at a world that's dying and going to hell. 
this morning while we're sitting here and the cold temperatures of winter and the natural is just outside those doors in the spiritual realm please hear me there is the wind of winter that's blowing in the spirit and we have just a short time to bring in a harvest the harvest that's out there that's your family that's your friends that's your community that's your nieces your nephews your cousins your aunts your uncles that's the harvest out there now in the natural realm I know that if you knew that any of your nieces or your nephews or your cousins or your aunts or uncles was homeless and was living under the Fifth Street Bridge right now you wouldn't be sitting here you would run to where they are and you would give them shelter and you would even maybe if they willingly didn't want to go you would simply tell them you know it's zero degrees out here you don't, you, you you can't survive in this climate you have to come to a place and you would beg and plead and you would do everything in your power to take them to a place where they could find warmth but just as real as the frigid temperatures outside the walls of this building what I'm telling you today is even more real that there is a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun and he says do whatever it takes in your power to go into the highways and byways and compel them to come in he said, love them right where they are. We're not entering the last days, my friend. But we're in the fleeting last moments of the last days. And while there is a visitation of Holy Ghost power that's coming, and it is coming, and it's even present and happening in the earth today, but there is an intensity. I will stand here and I will not back down and back off of what God is putting in my spirit today. But I'm here to tell you that by the time spring comes, before the flowers begin to bloom, there is a freshness of the Holy Spirit that's coming to the body of Christ and the only reason it won't happen here is because we don't position ourselves to receive it but before summer comes there are nations that's going to be turned upside down with the message of Jesus there is political powers that's going to be destroyed loosening their grips can I tell you right now, China is a nervous wreck because they don't know what to do with the church. Russia is doing everything in its power to try to strike fear in the hearts of the believers, but it's not working. And they don't know what to do. And they're scared because they're loosening their grip. Iran doesn't know what to do because people are flooding from Iran into Armenia just so they could come and lift their hands and worship. And they like, we don't know what to do.
Why us? Why now? Simply because He loves us. Because He's extended His grace to us and has entrusted us with an opportunity. Get this. To extend His glory to the nations of the world. But before we can ever touch a nation, we got to be willing to touch a neighbor. I was so proud yesterday, and I'm going to close with this. There was a young couple in this church that was returning from a few days away. They boarded an airplane and they saw a couple young ladies sitting. The prompting of the Holy Spirit said, you need to go speak to them and tell them about me. How many knows that's not an easy thing to do? But after wrestling, I said, I have to do See, it's not about what necessarily happens here. It's not necessarily what happens there. But it's about when the church understands that what I have is the answer. And they walk up to a couple young people and say, Do you know about Jesus? Do you know about God? While it may sound strange and weird and while it may make us really uncomfortable, I just feel like I need to share who Jesus is. I don't have a lot of things to offer you today. I don't have a lot of wisdom by men's standards. I don't have a lot of things that the world says that you need. One thing that I do have is I have Jesus. And in your darkest of times, I can testify to you today that He's always present. In the times when you don't understand, He always draws near. He's never abandoned me in my most difficult situations but he's always he's always been present and our world's in trouble our families are in trouble our community's in trouble and I'm going to go as far as to tell you this and I don't say this been judgmental at all but the American church is in trouble You see, we'll come in and we'll we'll lift our hands and we'll go through the formalities, but yet we won't allow the Holy Spirit to transform our lives to become radical followers of Jesus. But there's a harvest out there. And somebody's got to go get it. 
And somebody's got to be you and me. Because can I tell you, God is not going to allow the prior generation to resurrect out of the grave and come and do the work that's been called for us to do right now. They ran their race and they finished well. But right now, right now, will we embrace, will we embrace what God's calling us to? Here's what I believe that we need to have an understanding of this morning before we pray. First of all, I want to tell you that God really, truly does love you. I want to tell you today that he is so concerned about the most minute details of your life that he even knows how many hairs is on top of your head. I don't care how much your spouse loves you, they don't love you that much. Some of you would have a larger task than others to try to number your spouse's hair, but we won't go there, all right? But no matter how much or how little you may have, but God loves you that much. And he loves you so much that he desires for you to walk with the power of the Holy Spirit. Not so that you can prophesy or speak in an unknown tongue or, or any of that. No, no, no. Those are all things and part of it, yes. But the Father sent He the Holy Spirit and He's moving across the land today. Right now, looking. In the book of Chronicles, you'll read, He's looking, He's searching for a heart that He can take residence in. He does not come speaking his own words, his own ideals, but he comes speaking the words of the Father. And he comes to fulfill the will of the Father, just like Jesus came to fulfill the will of the Father. The Holy Spirit has come to fulfill the will of the Father, and that is to empower the church to be witnesses in their Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. You say, is it, is it really that necessary for me to be open to the setting down and the infilling of the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. Because you see a man by the name of Peter that said this, I've not walked with him. Well, I've seen you with him. No, I wasn't with him. Oh, yes, we sought. No, and he went as far as to even curse and deny that he ever even knew him. But when he heard the rooster crow, he remembered. The Lord said, you know what? You'll, you'll deny me. But he fell down in a place of repentance. And 50 days later, a man that was afraid to be named to even be walking with him stood on the balcony of the city of Jerusalem with devout men from all over the known world in the streets and he began to speak with power and authority knowing knowing that they had the ability to take his life but he stood in boldness and he says 
All I can do is give you what I know and experienced, Jesus. You know why there's such a harvest still out there? You know why after 2,000 years there's still 3.2 billion people that's not yet heard Jesus? It's because we haven't made a conscious effort to come and sit in his house and wait on the promise. But there's a promise. And the promise of the Holy Spirit in this season, please hear me. There's a greater outpouring of Holy Ghost power for this hour than any hour before. You could say it this way. Elijah operated in this realm, but Elisha come along and operated in this realm in a double portion. The church of 2021 is getting ready to walk into a double portion anointing of the Holy Ghost because the former and the latter is coming together. So I'm here to tell you this morning, you just need to simply get ready. You just need to wait for the promise. That word wait, when you take it back to its original form, is not wait and do nothing. But to those that will wait upon the Lord, they will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. Anybody remember that passage? That word wait simply means to be like a three-corded rope where you're just intertwined together in such a way that you're not able to be broken. It's time to get connected this morning, church. As we stand all over the house today, this morning, there is a There is a sound in the distance. I know it's a little quiet right now, a little still right now. That's okay. This morning, what are you really, truly desiring? What are you truly desiring there's nothing wrong with walking out in the garage and seeing a really nice pretty gold wing that just is saying ride me there's really nothing wrong with that trust me I'm human. And I do desire to do that, trust me. But beyond that, much more beyond that, there's this thing that's just turning in my spirit. I can't explain it. Sister May, I can't explain it. other than I feel this this hand just pulling things out of me at this stage in my life I, I could be comfortable just give me a cabin in the woods and I just stay there listen I, I'm not one that I don't like big crowds I don't I don't I don't I'm not the social guy like like maybe I should be at times I'm a pretty private person I like it that way. 
there's something pulling. Says, you have to go. You have to go. You have to go. Because there's a world that's hurting. There's a world that's dying. So my question to you is, are we, as the body of Christ in Connorsville, Indiana, are we going to ignore the commandment of the Lord? Or are we going to heed to it, surrender to it? Or are we going to wait on the promise? Are we going to possess the promise? And are we going to turn our world upside down? You can make every excuse in the world. You can say it's too hard, it's too this, it's too that. But the early church book of Acts that you read, it says this. That those in places of authority and high power, when they began to deal with the unlearned Galileans, they had to deal with them. They said this, we perceive that they've been with Jesus, we better leave them alone. There is an all-out assault upon the church in America. There is an all-out attempt to silence the voice of reason, the voice of conservatism, the voice of righteousness. You can ignore it if you want to and say it's not happening, but listen, you need to wake up. We're in a different world than we've ever been. And if you don't stand up and begin to fight, your grandchildren is going to experience a whole different America than you ever have. But I'm going to hear, stand here and tell you today that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. There is a pulling down of strongholds that's getting ready to take place in places around this globe. And I am believing the Whitewater Valley all the way down through the Appalachian Mountains there is getting ready to be a rebirthing of revival fire. The Bible Belt of America is getting ready to be reignited and refilled by the Holy Ghost. So don't you dare give your ears and your eyes to the poison and the lies of the world. Begin to go back to the source of truth and know this, that God is getting ready to do it again for no other reason this morning that there's a harvest this morning. Will you be one? Will I be one? That's found faithful. I'm just going to pray with us today. Is that all right? I'm just going to ask you to join hands with your neighbor this morning. I know it's a little different. You say, but you're not calling us to an altar, this and that. You know, I was reading and doing some things recently. Charles Finney, one of the most amazing ministers of the gospel of his day. He walked into a city and he preached for 27 nights, Brother Larry. I mean, he preached hell hot, preached heaven real, and everything in between. 27 nights in a row 
preached, poured his heart out, sweated, gave it everything, never called an altar. People would leave. He never gave an invitation. Till the 28th day. For 27 days, he just poured it all out. Said, you got to get it. You got to hear it. I pray this morning that you hear this morning. But he says, where any two or three are gathered together in my name, I am in the midst. Sometimes it's wonderful to come and pray and stand and kneel. I encourage that. This is a place of strength, not a place of weakness. But sometimes we got to join together. we got to yoke up together. And this morning, I just feel like God wants you to yoke up together. And I want you to just pray this prayer with me. Saying, God, I believe what you're getting ready to do is going to surpass anything the world's ever saw. And I want you to simply say this, Lord, if you can use anything, use me. Can you pray that way with me this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. Oh, we thank you this morning for who you are. Oh, we stand together in your house this morning, the house of prayer, and we turn this into a prayer meeting right now. And Lord, we're lifting our voices together, and we're simply saying this, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Lord, we call out to you knowing this, that you are our source, our strength. You are our salvation. You are our deliverance. You are our strong tower that we run into. You are our our everything this morning. Father, if there's one under the sound of my voice that doesn't know you as Savior, that doesn't know you as Lord of their life, I pray right now, Lord, that they would just simply lift their voice and say, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior, and I ask you to be Lord of my life. And Lord, I pray that as they yield and surrender that they would just feel your love just overshadow them. Let every weight of sin be broken off. And Father, those of us that's following after you, Lord, that maybe we're a little weary today. Maybe we're a little distracted today. Maybe we just didn't know because of everything that's going on and there's been an unsettling, Father. I pray that the peace of the Holy Spirit would come and rest upon your people right now. Oh God. Let them not be weary and well-doing because, Lord, we're coming into a due season right now, a season where you can do what you want, when you want, and how you want. And, Father, we surrender to that. We yield to that today. Father, we ask right now for the freshness of the Holy Ghost to come. Lord, the men and women of faith in this room right now that maybe have never experienced the infilling of the Holy Ghost, Father, I pray that they would just yield and surrender and say, God, I yield myself to you. Everything that you have for me, I I freely receive. And Lord, I pray that you would equip us to be witnesses in our Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Lord, I thank you this morning that you are faithful. I thank you that you're not just our salvation, but that you're our healer and that you're our deliverer. Lord, I thank you that you are our provision. I'm thankful that you're the one that goes before us, but also that you're the one that walks with us this morning. And Father, for those that's in this room and maybe those that's still joining us by way of live stream today, 
I just pray that you would just visit them. Holy Spirit, settle down in this room. Holy Spirit, go through the lens of that camera this morning. And Father, touch those that's wherever they may be, wherever they may be watching from today. Let healing virtue go to them. Let salvation go to them. Lord, let just there be just a sensitivity. The Holy Spirit rest upon us. Lord, those that may be battling a, a spirit of intimidation, a spirit of fear. Lord, I pray for a release to come to them right now. Lord, let us not be silent any longer. But Lord, I pray that you would help us to embrace your word. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in the earth today. And Lord, as we're entering into Passover, as we'll be entering into the Feast of Harvest in just a short few weeks, Father, we're standing and we're believing and trusting that as we transition into that season, that there's a great disruption that's coming. Oh, I thank you for the suddenlies. Oh, I thank you for the suddenlies that's coming. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Lord, now I pray. I pray for the heart that's hurting this morning. I pray for the one that's overwhelmed this morning. Lord, I pray that you would unite us together in like faith. Lord, I pray that we would walk arm in arm. Lord, that we would be in one mind and one accord as we walk through this year so that we might see and experience the power and the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for the testimonies of healing that we're getting ready to begin to hear. I thank you for the signs and wonders that's about to follow the church again. I thank you for the spiritual invasion that's happening on the globe right now where those that have never known you are coming to experience you. Lord, today I lift up our families. I lift up our extended families. I lift up our community, our state, our nation. And Lord, today, Lord, I pray. Oh, I pray that your will would be done. Lord, we're lifting you up this morning and only you. And our belief and our trust is in you and only you. And therefore, we know this, while you have been lifted up, men are going to be drawn to you. So God, I thank you for the men and women that's about to be drawn to this house and the houses of worship just like it all across this globe. I thank you for the increase. I thank you for the harvest that's been brought in. So today, Lord, as we prepare to leave this house, I pray this would be a week of divine clarity. I pray this would be a week where your people experience supernatural favor. I thank you for the unexpected that's about to happen in their lives. Unexpected promotion, unexpected increase. 
Lord, I thank you for a spirit of boldness that's getting ready to come upon your people. I thank you for the burning desire of sharing the gospel that's been instilled even now while we're praying. I thank you for the transforming that's taking place. Oh God, this morning we stand in your presence. We stand in your presence. And we call out to you. Thank you. Thank you for Calvary. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for your love that's extended to us today. And Lord, I pray that you let your face shine brightly upon your people. Give them blessed peace, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi everybody, this is Pastor Jade Abrams here. I want to thank you for joining us today. And I also want you to connect with us. You can find us on all the social media platforms listed below. And we would love to catch up with you, hear what God has spoke to you, and continue to follow us. And we love you, and God bless you.